you're listening to Braemar Cast, the podcast of Braemar Baptist Church, where we're reaching up to God and out to people. Tune in for sermons from lead pastor Kent Dixon and from time to time guest preachers as well. Welcome to Braemar Cast. Well, this morning we're concluding our sermon series called In His Image Reflecting God. And we've been recognizing that as human beings, we've been created in the image of God, or as the Bible says, in his image. And you've heard me say that every week. An important aspect of being created in God's image is the fact that we exhibit, exhibit many qualities and attributes, these communicable attributes that we can see in God himself. And last week, we considered that God is faithful and patient. To say that God is faithful, to recognize that he is consistent, he's reliable, he's dependable, he's shown up for us before, and he will do it again. Do you believe that? He will do it again. We also recognize that God is eternally patient, and he waits for us. And while we seek to wait on God with patience, we can trust that as we wait, God is with us and God remains faithful. This morning we're concluding our series by recognizing that God is, give away, truthful and wise. Truth. In these days of uncertainty and conflict, Sure seems like truth can be hard to come by, can it? The world is in such desperate need of hope and a place where we can anchor our trust. So what does it mean for us to consider the idea of truth or something being true? Go ahead and tell me. What do you think? Considering something being true... Ah, very. Oh, that's wise, but that comes later. Correct. The veracity of something. Any others? Something true. Honest? Excellent. So as with all the other concepts that we've studied over this, the course of this series, I believe that there's a level of depth or complexity here that we may not always recognize. So there's simple logic at play, right? For something to be true means that it's not correct. So from this perspective, truth is about facts. It's about evidence. It's about proof, really. But we also need to recognize that truth is about virtue, you appreciate that? It's about character. It's, it's about, in so many ways, speaks to our belief in right and wrong, or ethics even. And it's also worth considering that discovering something is untrue may not even involve a deliberate deception of any kind. Have you thought of that perspective? It may simply be that we've gained more information about something. We've gained a new perspective. Something has caused us to recognize something that we previously thought about one way as true to be not a lie, but 
just simply incorrect. Does that make sense? I would have loved to be on board that first sailing vessel to have headed for the edge of the map. These folks, (laughs) some laughs, these folks would have been adventurers who set out to explore the flat earth, right? Did they set out to see if they could actually sail directly over the edge? Hopefully not. And I kind of have to wonder if there wasn't some poor soul right up at the bow of the ship leaning over going, any minute now. Okay, hold on, any minute. No, I don't know. But maybe they were disappointed to discover there was no edge. You know, they were looking at the map and kind of went, no, we're off it. That's it. We're in uncharted territory, right? So there must have also been some relief there as well to realize, oh, we're not on a one-way trip. Sadly, I think there's a, there's a dark side to the human concept of truth as well. Because when someone deliberately sets out to deceive someone else, they're often hiding or distorting the truth, right? And we see a perversion there, essentially. We see how sin and selfishness creep into that concept of truth and pollute it. We distort the truth. Perhaps you've experienced that yourself. I know I have. We lie, we hold back parts of the truth, but we often lie to cover up things that we've done and we don't want anyone to find out about. Can you relate to that? We don't want someone to know what we've done, so we don't tell them. Or we tell them, I'm going to use the phrase, alternate facts. We lie to get our own way. We lie to dodge responsibility and accountability. And ironically, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, we may even lie to convince people to trust us. Right? Can you relate to that? How sad and strange is that? We lie to convince people that we are honest. Have you ever lied about something and then quickly realized, oh no, now I need to keep lying again and again and again to cover my tracks? Because what will it do to my reputation if that initial lie is figured out? Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Maybe you've heard that quote. It's a line from a 19th century poem written by Scottish author Sir Walter Scott. And in that line, Scott clearly recognized how we can become tangled up in our lies once we start down that path. We can see that human tendency to lie and distort the truth throughout Scripture as well. Not surprisingly, beginning with Adam and Eve and their disobedience from God. Well, you ate the apple. Oh, we didn't eat the apple. I mean, not really. Well, okay, technically we, well, technically she told me to eat the, and I, and remember, it gets worse from there, right? Generation after generation after generation. And we recognize in humanity, even in ourselves, a tendency not to be truthful. 
Have you ever thought of that? Is your default always to tell the truth? I hope so, but it's worth thinking about. Are there certain areas of your life where you immediately go, hmm, that's true, I'm gonna say this, because it's easier, it's better, makes me look better, makes me sound better. But let's remind ourselves something important this morning, that in Scripture, it's Scripture itself that is our source for truth about everything, about how to treat other people, about how to treat ourselves, about how to treat God. It's our source of truth. As Psalm 119 verse 169 declares, May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. We're directed to ask God to give us understanding, to help us in our, in our quest for truth. We're not intended to look for it ourselves or figure it out on our own. Isaiah 45, 19 says, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I, speaking, speak, God speaking, I declare what is right. Source of truth, God. Right? As Christians, we are called to be people who tell the truth. That's it. It's as simple as that. But Scripture also makes it very clear that our source for God's truth, the key to unlocking God's truth, is Jesus. We read in John 8, verses 31 and 32, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth of who Jesus was for them, the truth of who Jesus still is for us today, is that he is our Savior and our King. Jesus is the source of our freedom, not just in our daily lives, but in our eternal hope. Freedom from sin, from bondage, from fear, from anxiety in the unknown. Jesus sets us free from all of that if we let him. As we read in John chapter 8, verse 36, so, I need a minute. <clears throat> so if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Have you ever known transition time? Have you ever known someone you would consider to be wise? Um, I think I've said to you before over, over time that in serving at Brightwood Ranch a few summers ago, um, that culture is about camp names. So it's partly a, a safety and security thing, so you don't want kids to know your name. It's just better. It's safer, it's wiser, and it's also really, really fun. So when you start working at Brightwood, everybody else, based on who you are, what your interests are, those kinds of things, Pick your camp name for you. You can't pick your own camp name because that's not allowed and it's also not very cool. 
So you can make suggestions, but usually you get vetoed. Anyway, long story, way too long. My camp name was, and still is, because they still call me that, some of our young adults who are here, Yoda. And I was given that camp name because I love Star Wars and have since I was eight years old, but the guy who gave it to me, I can't even remember who it was now, said, I think your camp name should be Yoda because you are old and wise. And after I stopped crying, I thought, well, that's a really cool camp name. So I enjoy it. But so Yoda, you know, you think of Yoda being wise if you're a Star Wars person. You think of Moses. But who are, can you think of people in your life or throughout your life, perhaps parents or mentors or other people, teachers, who you thought of as wise? And we often, we must think of criteria for it, right? Were they insightful? Did they have more life experience than you? Did they give you new insight into an area of your life or your struggles? Is it someone who shone light on something for you in your life that you remember and you equated that with being wise? Or perhaps you simply recognize that they spoke the truth. Their character was reflected in what they said. Sometimes that can be wisdom in action. Maybe it's how they said things, or possibly even the economy of their speech. One of my favorite quotes, I love quotes, about wisdom, and I believe that I may have shared this with you before, but it's, it's been attributed variously to Abraham Lincoln, to Mark Twain, to a few people, but let's say anonymous, because that's safer. The quote says, Better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. That's wise. Isn't that good? And sometimes I think we may recognize that the more we say, the more volume we speak, perhaps the more wise we'll seem. Can you relate to that? The more you fill the air, regardless of the quality, if the quantity's there, you're good. Well, I found that for me personally, the older I get, the more I find myself listening. I've become far more interested in what other people have to say and what I can learn from them than what, I, what unsolicited advice I can possibly offer. I believe wisdom means more than simply head knowledge as well or experience. In fact, I believe that true wisdom comes when we recognize that we're still learning and that we're still teachable, right? If you're still malleable, if you're done, maybe your wisdom isn't actually that wise after all. But if you're always open to learning, always seeking to understand, to relate to others, to learn about them, that's true wisdom to me. I believe that we agree that the source of all wisdom and knowledge is God. Can we agree on that? Proverbs 9 verse 10 reminds us that if we're looking for wisdom, there's one place to start. 
we read there that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in the word fear there, we recognize awe, reverence, submission, and loyalty. Knowing that Scripture contains a wealth of knowledge that God has made available for us, let's look at some of the things that Scripture has to say about itself. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Friends, do you think of Scripture as a current and relevant source of wisdom for your life? Don't have to answer. The power of Scripture is so dramatically conveyed in that passage, isn't it? Because Scripture is our true source for wisdom, but only because of who inspired it. Scripture isn't some magical book that imbues power upon people who read who read it, God-inspired scripture. He is the source. I love the words of Job 12, verse 13. To God belong, he owns them. To God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are his. See that inherent, deeply interwoven qualities of God. God is the source of all wisdom. And it's not something that we can acquire on our own because it is a gift from God. Proverbs 2 verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Again, here we recognize that God gives wisdom to us, and it's inherently part of who he is. But I, le- I believe it's also important for us to remember that in making his wisdom available to us, we don't somehow, don't misunderstand, we don't somehow have the ability to attain all of the knowledge God has. Because we're reminded in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Friends, we've learned this morning that it's in God's nature to be truthful. God's promises are true. His word is true. His love for us, everything scripture tells us about God is true. And by approaching God with fear, not of what God will do to us, but of who he is and what he has done for us, we gain access to his wisdom. Wisdom that will change our perspective change our attitude, wisdom that will change our lives, and ultimately wisdom that can 
change the world. If we're looking for real truth and wisdom, those things can only be found through a relationship with God, through reading the Bible, through prayer, to learn more about who God is and what he has done. Not just for you, but for all creation. We've been on quite a journey over the past 10 weeks. 10 weeks, can you believe it? I can, because I wrote the sermons. 10 weeks. We've explored 20 of the characteristics and qualities of God over the two sermon series back-to-back. And my prayer is that you won't soon forget this truth, because it's not going to change. You can always go back and review it and refresh this wisdom at any time. And here's a shameless plug. You can listen to our sermons on Facebook, on our church website. We've just changed our church website a little bit, some of the pieces and of how things work. Very cool new feature. So if you go to sermons now, you can see that I've got all of the scripture references that I've used in a sermon listed. You click on those links and it will take you to the Bible uh, app. Very cool. Sorry, a geek. But it's, uh, it's really neat because it will link you directly to the scripture that I've referred to so you can study on your own. So God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? We would agree, I think. And I'm not someone who believes in fate or luck or chance. For me, those are just limited terms and perspectives that actually are windows into God being at work. So it may seem like a coincidence, but clearly it wasn't. We complete our story, our story, our studies of God's qualities and characteristics, all of which are gifts to us. And then we begin our Advent series next week. The miracles of Christmas. And we're going to be recognizing God at work bringing humanity the greatest gift we have ever had, we've ever received, and we've ever known his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray, and then we'll have one more song up here and a benediction, and then I'll dismiss us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to study in this way, to explore, to learn, to share with one another, to dig into the truth of your word, Lord, do you speak to us, not in audible words, but through, your, through the scriptures, through the words of other people. Lord, your truth for us is so attainable, so available. Lord, we just need to open your word and it's there for us. We need, if we're looking for understanding in our lives, Lord, we can pray to you and ask for clarity. Lord, we can complain to you and you can bring us comfort. And Lord, when we mourn, you are there as well. And Lord, your wisdom for us is always just as accessible. Lord, help us to be people who are wise, who think before we speak, who think before we act, who consider the feelings and perspectives of those we, with whom we interact. Lord, may we be salt and light to people. May we bring joy and peace 
not criticism or conflict. So Lord, we ask for your blessing over the rest of this day. Thank you for the many people from our denomination who are worshiping this morning as well. Lord, thank you for the people of God around the world who are gathering today. Lord, we are one family. We are one body with you as our Father. And we thank you for all that means. Lord, we pray for encouragement in the days ahead. We don't know what lies ahead, Lord, even this coming week as far as pandemic restrictions go. But Lord, we have faith that you are still at work. You will provide and you will point us in the direction you would have us go. Lord, thank you for who you are. We love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Braemar Cast, the podcast of Braemar Baptist Church. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can also visit our website at braemarbaptist.com. That's B-R-A-E-M-A-R-Baptist.com. God bless you.